talking about Abel tonight. Again, the theme these Wednesdays during the summer is uh, messy stories of faith. And sometimes when we, uh, we read stories in the Bible and we read about people, uh, we think that their lives are kind of perfect, that they have it all together, that, uh, that nothing could go wrong. But that is really very far from the truth. We read it in Hebrews chapter 11, that uh, hall of faith chapter, of many, several men and, several men and women who uh, show their faith and trust in God. Um, but they also have some, some many uh, messy parts of that. And we, we're going to talk about Abel tonight. And uh, you can find that in Genesis chapter 4. We're going to have the verses on the screen for you as well. But Genesis chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Adam made love to his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. So we have Abel and Cain, the first people born to Adam and Eve. And this story is, is full of lots of things. It is very, very messy. It's full of competition. It's full of murder. It is full of anger. It's full of pride. Lots of jealousy. And so we're going to dive into what this story of messy faith looks like. All right, so now we'll look at verses 3 through 5. And it says, uh, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering he did not look with favor. So the question is, why did God look with favor on Abel and his offering, but not on Cain's? And the answer is because of the quality and the motivations of Abel and Cain. So first, Abel gave the best that he had. He gave God the firstborn of the flock and their fat portions. And Abel, on the other hand, or Cain, on the other hand, gave God an offering of the fruit of the ground, almost like he was doing what he thought was just good enough. For example, if I had to pick between a frozen chicken and a fresh Chick-fil-A sandwich, I would pick the fresh Chick-fil-A sandwich. Oh, I don't yeah, know about you. For sure. Um, so not only did Abel bring a better offering, but what God considers good is not always what we consider to be good. God cares about the motivations and the faith of the giver. If we look in the New Testament in Luke chapter 21, we see that Jesus is in the temple. And in verses 1 through 4, it says, As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting the gifts in the temple treasury. He, saw a, he also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people put, gave their gifts out of their wealth. But she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. The poor widow gave the best that she had to God and was recognized for it, not by any of the officers or the chief priests or anybody who was in charge, but by the only person that really mattered. It was Jesus. She gave out of love and obedience and not out of obligation to do the right thing. Cain, on the other hand, just gave what he thought was required, while Abel wanted to please God and he wanted to do what was right. We pick up in, back in Genesis chapter 4, <clears throat> verse, verse 5, and it says, so Cain was very angry, and his face was downcast. You see, right here is where jealousy kind of takes root in Cain. Cain was angry and jealous of Abel and, and of God because, well, Cain didn't receive the same praise um, that Abel did for their offering. Cable, Cain was uh, kind of had this competition mentality. He thought, well, Abel's offering was better than mine. I've got to basically one-up him, or maybe mine's just not as good, and he didn't understand why. He was comparing his offering uh, to God with, Cable's, with Abel's offering. And we, 
we, we get caught in that, that comparison trap a lot, right? We compare ourselves to other people. We see people at church and we see them serving in different ways and we see them here or we, we see things on Facebook or whatever and we think, man, I guess I'm not as strong in my faith as they are or they must be uh, a lot closer to God because of what they're doing. God doesn't want us to have that mentality. God doesn't want us to compare our relationship with Him with other people. And jealousy can drive people to do some crazy things. I don't know if you've ever been jealous, really, really, really jealous of someone else, but there's a story of a man in New York City back in March of 2015, and this man was, was texting his boss, and he was texting his boss saying he was going to be late to work that night. And his girlfriend at the time, uh, she thought that he was texting uh, an ex-girlfriend, and he said, no, no, I'm not doing that, and they really got into this very heated argument and ended up, she ended up stabbing him to death because of how jealous uh, and what she thought he was doing when really he was just texting his boss. Jealousy and anger drove her to kill someone that she cared about. And then we know the story of Snow White, right? We know the story of Snow White and the evil queen, and the evil queen asked the mirror, hey, who's the fairest in the land? And the mirror says, actually, it's Snow White. And the evil queen goes so far to create a poison apple to kill Snow White, to take her out of the picture, so that the evil queen could become the fairest in the land. Her jealousy drove her to do something that was didn't make any sense. Just like Snow White, just like uh, the stories that I shared, we kind of all have messy parts in our lives. We all have sin, we all have things that pull us away from God. And we don't like that, but it happens. But what God wants us, and what He wanted for Cain, is He, wanted us, he wants us to, to draw close to Him. He wants us to make sure that we're doing what is right, and he warns us not to give in to that jealousy, not to give in to that anger that pulls us away from him. We pick up in verse 6 of Genesis chapter 4, and it says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. You see, God desired that Cain do what is right. He was trying to help him, and he was warning him not to give in to that evilness and to pursue righteousness. You and I, we don't like to be corrected when we do something wrong. We don't like to be disciplined. We don't like to be told what to do. That's how Cain was viewing what God was telling him, rather than seeing that God was trying to help him. God was trying to guide him and saying, hey, you should do what is right, and this is how you do it. He was trying to show him what an acceptable offering and sacrifice looked like and why it was important. And this reminds me that, that God's always pursuing us. God is always trying to look out what's, for what's best for us. And he does that because he wants to have a good relationship with us, but more importantly, it's because he loves us. And he wants us to know that he loves us. And it, God's word is a great place where we can find uh, guidance, where we can find uh, what God wants for our lives. And he it's a great place so we know what to do when we're tempted to sin. So now we'll look at uh, what God asked. God asked uh, Cain and all of us to be alert, slow, and resist temptation. So first we'll look at being alert. Uh, and it's, for example, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, it says, Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world, is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The devil will try to entrap us in sin, especially during times when it is easy to get worked up 
or over something that happened to us or something bad happens, but we really need to be alert and prepared to do the right thing. Uh, next, we'll look at being slow and slowing down. In James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So when we do anything out of pace and rash decision-making, things usually don't pan out. Something bad will happen, something will go wrong. And so God wants us to listen and be slow to anger and calm so that we do not fall into sin like Cain did. In addition to, again, being alert and slowing down, we need to resist that temptation. Uh, further on in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. When we have sinned and messed up, it feels like we're far away from God, or that God is far away from us. It feels like when we do something wrong, that God doesn't want to have anything to do with us. But we see, again, that God is always pursuing us. That God doesn't want us to, to run away from Him, but God wants us to run toward Him and run away from sin. And as the verse says in James, when we resist Satan, when we run away from Him, Satan is going to run away from us because he doesn't want to be anywhere where God is. Because if we're running away from Satan and we're running towards God, Satan's going to leave us. See, God wanted Cain to refuse that sin, to resist that sin and that jealousy, that anger that he was feeling, because he knew that it would cause him to do something that was, would be wrong. God wants us also to refuse that sin, to refuse whatever we're struggling with. Maybe it's jealousy or anger, maybe it's something else. But that's pulling us away from God, and he doesn't want it to take over our lives. We need to make sure that we are people that are alert, that are slow, and that we resist that temptation. So now we'll go from there to uh, chapter 4, verse 8 of Genesis. And it says, Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. What Cain did was a very sinful and jealous reaction and the part of the story that makes things messy. But, I mean, first he started being jealous because he was rejected by God, and he took that, and it brought him to murder. And it got out of, really out of hand. But what Cain did is sometimes not far from what we do in our hearts when we hate others. Cain turned his frustration of being rejected by God onto Abel, the only person he could do anything to. And sometimes we do this too. Most of us don't kill each other or anything, but we will use our words and actions to hurt those around us, and uh, sometimes we'll resent each other if we're having a bad day or when things aren't going the way that we want. All right, so because God didn't favor Cain's offering, Cain was angry, and he let that sin, that jealousy, enter his life and really just control him. And God says a lot about anger and what the opposite of that would be. First John chapter 3, verses 11 through 16, John writes, For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love one another. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay it down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Again, Jesus calls us to love, not to hate, not to anger, not to jealousy, because he knows that that path 
it leads us away from him and leads us to death. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus talks more about how hate in your heart is like murdering someone. They're the same thing. Jesus also gives us the true and perfect example of what true sacrifice and true love looks like. See, Cain was only thinking about himself. He was only thinking about what he was giving to God. He wasn't thinking about his relationship with God. He wasn't even thinking about his relationship with his brother. Cain saw that Abel was doing something right, and he reacted in anger and in jealousy. Rather than saying, hey, Abel, you did something right, and God liked that. How can I do that too? Or or he he didn't ask for help. All he did was get mad, and he let that anger control him, and it ended up killing his brother. So now we'll go on from there to verses 9 and 10. And it says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Cain lets his jealousy rise up until he commits murder. And then he practically sasses God, saying, I don't know, I'm not in charge of what my brother does. Sounds a lot like a teenager. His jealousy and sin leads to lying, and he just makes the situation worse and worse for himself. Of course, God already knows what's going on, and like a parent who has caught their child stealing, God wants to hear it out of Cain's mouth. But Cain refuses to confess to the crime. So God replies, saying, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground, which would be a pretty scary thing to hear. Cain was busted. He was busted. And again, going back to Hebrews chapter 11, this this great chapter of all these men and women who show great faith, we find Abel's story in verse 4. It says, By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith Abel still speaks even though he is dead. God wants us to react in faithfulness. And Abel's offering made him righteous because he gave out of love, not out of obligation like Cain did. And Abel did what was right. But because he did that, he died. Sometimes doing the right thing doesn't always give you what you think you're going to get. It doesn't bring the expectation that you think. It makes me think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel and how they were willing to sacrifice their lives. They were willing to do what was right even though they were going to be put in the fiery furnace. They said, even if, and they still were faithful to God. We know that the ending of that story because of their faith, because of their trust in God, God saved them, and they didn't even smell like smoke, which is an awesome, awesome story. But it's just another example of when, it, when we're faithful to God and when we present God with uh, an, an offering of love, that God is going to, to love us and He's going to be pleased with that. See, God wants you and I to do what is right even when other people aren't doing it, even when we don't see the fruit of our labor. And so, if we look at the very end of uh, this Hebrews 11 uh, section, I call, like to call it the Bible Hall of Fame, where they talk about just different people with great faith. The author kind of wraps it up in verse 13 with a really cool message. He says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. Abel had the faith to give a better offering to God, not because he wanted to beat his brother in competition and not because he wanted to check a box of another thing that he was supposed to do, but because he understood what was to come and through his actions his, and his faith, he lives on. And that leads us to the main point, that God can use your faith 
story for his glory, regardless of how messy. Again, God can use your faith story for his glory, regardless of how messy it is. Because Abel's story is messy. I mean, he was murdered for doing the right thing. But God used his story to teach us about heartfelt giving and the tragedy that jealousy can bring. So as we leave tonight, we need to remember that when something messy happens or something doesn't go our way, such as a tragedy or an unfortunate circumstance, we need to be prepared to stay strong in the faith and be alert, slow, and resist temptation. Because even if bad things happen, God can use your faith story for his glory. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we are so thankful for Abel's example and how it shows us that no matter what, that you are faithful to us, but that, that God, you have called us to a, a life that is full of love. You have called us to a life that, even though there are messy things in it, that you can still use it for, for your glory. We, we know that through Abel's example and his, his life that we have learned to react not in anger and in jealousy like Cain, but to, to look at Abel and to see that you desire for us to, um, to offer our lives to you because you're the one that created us. God, help us as we depart here and as we go out in our lives, whether at work or with our family, that we would be slow to get angry, that we would be alert in the ways that Satan is trying to tempt us to do what is wrong and that we would resist him, that we would flee from him and then we would turn towards you. God, again, thank you so much for Abel's example. I ask that you would help us all to, to learn from him and to know that even though we may have what seems like a messed up life, that we have many things in our lives that we have done wrong, that you still offer us that forgiveness, and that you still offer us that love, and that you are always there for us, always pursuing us. And we can use our story, that you can use our story to reach more people. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.